Bueller, 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 Bueller. Good morning. Up and at him. It's that time. What time is it? Kentucky Roll Call. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. With Walker and Roush. We're too wild and crazy. Welcome in to Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio, 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. It's Thursday, October 7th. Thursday night football is back, and so are we. I'm Nick Roush, joined today by our good friend Trevor Kelsey and the picking football picking aficionado, Adam Luckett, who is now 1-11 and on the season. One in and 14, his, get it right. One in 14, excuse me. One in 14 on his picks this season. Uh, like it, care to comment? You know, if you um, if you hated my guts and you just decided to bet opposite of me, it's been a great year for you here on PT's Picks of the Week. Good Lord, one of 14, Adam. What are you, like the Dave Shula of the show? Well, tre- this is the two time, two or three time defending champion too, Trevor. It's not like... You know, my winning percentage is pretty good on here, but uh, for this year, I just – I'm zigging when, when everyone else is zagging, I guess. What, what are you, Belichick, who just lost Brady over here? What, what, what happened, man? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not seeing the ball right. I don't I don't know what to say. You got Matt Corral yeah, over there he's, leading the way? He's, he's got the yips over here. He's uh, can't, Chuck Knobloch can't throw it to first. <laughs> Which um, – I think we can make our baseball talk brief, but pretty brutal way to lose if you're a Cardinals fan. Suck it, Cards. Don't hate it. Two-run blast in the bottom of the ninth with two outs. never been so happy to see the Dodgers win a game. (laughs) I I, I stayed up literally just to watch the Dodgers beat the Cardinals and watch their faces in the dugout. it It was so beautiful. It made me go to sleep with a smile on my face. I didn't hear... I didn't... uh, I didn't know we had so much... Cardinals haters are around here. Um, They're the National League Yankees. You didn't know that? I, I, I get that. I know that they – I've heard folks complain about their pompousness and their arrogance, but I just didn't know that it was so infectious, particularly among this crew. So, uh, suck it, Cardinals. Yeah, especially the Louisville ones. Am I right? Well, well let's not let's, – let's reel it back just a little bit there, there Nick. I mean, come on. Huh. Gotcha, gotcha. But the Cardinals lose on a two-run bomb. They advance, or the the Dodgers advance to play the Giants, who both have 107 wins. So, well, uh, the, the the Dodgers had 108 when the Giants had like 112 or something. Adam, correct me if I'm wrong. I know it was close. I didn't. I don't know what the final tally ended up being. Look it up right now. I knew, I knew the Dodgers finished with 108, and they finished nope. in second place. 107 to 106. Giants oh, okay. One game. Yeah. So, I, I thought it was 108. My bad. I read it wrong. I guess. So now they're dead even. But um, pretty pretty wild. Uh, what was what was the Mariners' record? Is that 120? Right. Yes. Yeah. The, yes. the overall. Yeah. Yeah. Got you. But man, that is absolutely nutty. So that that should be a fun heated. Five-game series. And that was the Mariners' last playoff attempt as well. I think that was 20 years ago. That was 2001, the Mariners' last playoff run as well. Yeah. Uh, After they traded Griffey and then and, and added Zuki. The uh, 
love that stat that they've had more ruptured testicles than playoff appearances in the <laughs> franchise's history. So great information to get your day started. We're going to talk today a little bit more about Kentucky LSU. I uh, might even dabble into tonight's football game because I need help making a selection. Uh, it's not just like one of those poopy primetime games that end up being good. It's actually it's Seahawks versus Rams, and the Seahawks are getting three at home. I, I worry about the, the home dogs like it, but I also don't know what to think of the Rams. Uh, I'm, I'm worried they might be in for a, a Liam Cohen-esque kind of uh, – mid-season struggle if you will after after coming out to a really fast start yeah but um typically nfl you can get good value bounce uh off teams off a bounce back or fading teams off a big win seahawks coming off a monster victory but quietly their offense has had some issues this season defense that's a good spot for the rams oh yeah i that that's the problem. The the thing that always messes with my head is the last week's scores can be so different than what I expected that it throws me off the following week. Like I think I, I saw a stat that Sean McVay had outscored. He was undefeated against the Cardinals going into last week's game, and it outscored them uh, like two hundred and ten to forty or something like that. Yeah, he had never lost to the Cardinals. Yeah, it was just, it just completely owned them, and then they get housed. So that that's the part of the NFL that makes it so difficult for me to try to handicap because, I mean, the Jets and the Giants won last week. Do I, do I really need to see any, say anything more, Trevor? Uh, probably not. And I should do. I actually had the Jets and the Giants winning on my little parlay card that the, the Lions screwed me on last week, uh, which is why I was going to get a nice little payday if the Lions had actually pulled it off with me. But I, I, I see it. Adam nailed the Seahawks have not been your typical Seahawks. The offense has been below average, but then again, the offense has been carried by Russell Westbrook or Russell, Russell Wilson for like, for like a couple of years anyway. And defense has been struggling this year. They're, I think they're near the bottom against the pass and the run. So it's everything screams take the Rams here, but I don't know. Thursday night in Seattle, I, I just, I feel like this could be a sloppy game with the Seahawks keeping it close for the win. Yeah, they're last in total defense and last in run defense. Yeah, oh, they've been yes. bad. Suck they've been, they've been bad. We're driving to Indiana today, boys. Let's go Rams. <laughs> I don't Horn, know. Horns up. I, I just have a weird feeling. The Rams have been so good this year. And I think I picked them uh, not on the show, but I did on the Facebook page when you revealed your all's picks. I didn't get up early enough that day, shockingly. Uh, I think I picked the Rams to win that division. So, I mm. I, I, I I like the Rams coming this season. I was – most people thought, and maybe a little bit to myself, they gave up too much for Stafford. I I, I, I kind of had a feeling this could be one of those, like, kind of Stafford bounce-back years, his last hurrah, so to speak, with the, with the new team. And, Nick, if you remember, Seahawks offensive coordinator is Shane Waldron. Oh. There, there was a time when we thought that was the guy Mark Stoops was targeting there in the – Yeah, yeah. When we heard Rams assistant. But it didn't right. mean Liam Cohen. Right, right. Maybe the Seahawks should have kept uh, Brian Schottenheimer's offensive coordinator. Seriously, though. So good. Hey, Kentucky made the right decision. Am I right? They got they got the right Rams guy, not the wrong wall. I can't get. Can't. <laughs> yeah, Adam's like, yeah, Adam, you got Adam Stone, you're reeling it in a little I'm bit. Just, I'm just over here putting the horse before the cart, Trevor. Uh, that's, the horse that's before what we the do, cart. man. That's what we, um, do. I do, we do need to talk about. The crazy news that happened that kind of 
started unfolding once the show got over with yesterday. Big day for injury news. And this time it wasn't on the Kentucky front. We already knew that Marquand McCall would be out for an extended amount of time. Also on the Josh Ali is going to miss a couple weeks. Yesterday we started getting some news from the LSU front. Uh, Kayshawn Butte, the people will, when they're having their wide receiver discussion, who's the best receiver in the SEC, they like to skip over Wandell Robinson to mention Butte because Butte is a big-time athlete. He was not at Tuesday's, or he was not at Monday's practice. He returned to Tuesday's, but we, we didn't know this at the time. So Tuesday, Tuesday's. Oh, yeah, I'm getting my days mixed up. Today's Thursday. So he doesn't practice Tuesday. Wednesday's practice hasn't happened. We're like, man, if Butte's out, who else could be out? LSU announces Derek Stingley just had foot surgery, probably out for the year. They don't say exactly when he'll be back. But, hey, foot surgery, that means he's out for this week. Number one cornerback draft prospect, out. Major Burns, five-star name, four-star prospect. Former Georgia Bulldog, current LSU safety. He will also be out against the Wildcats. Now, we we were waiting like, oh, my gosh, if they don't have Butte, that's like their three best players pretty much. And no, but Butte did return to practice Wednesday afternoon. But luck it, it felt like there for a while. I was like, what can't – man, this is, this is teeing up. This is teeing up awfully well for the Cats. Yeah, and – the inverse for LSU, it was looking like, buckle in, we're coming to foreign, we're going to foreign eight boys there for a minute. <laughs> but obviously, the Stingley news, like he's probably done for the season. You would imagine he's going right. to be a top fifteen pick. He's had a really odd college career because he was unbelievable as a freshman, um, and then his sophomore and junior year when he played, he left. You, you wanted a lot more. And so you're really drafting him basically off of what he did two years ago. Um, I mean, in, with this injury, I'm assuming he's not going to come back because Adam, would you, for anything. Adam, would you think Derek Stingley's like the, the, the cornerback, Javon Clowney, a little bit? Like, because like you said, as a freshman, you. you yeah, that's a good comparison. I think that's a very fair comparison. Everybody knew he was a top pick as a freshman, didn't even play all of last year. And you kind of had that feeling he was just going to be like, you know, what's the point of even going out there? I'm a, like you said, I'm a now, top 10, top 15 pick. Mm-hmm. Now, Clowney mm-hmm. gave a little more in college, but he didn't hit. Like, Stingley was an All-American from game one as a true freshman cornerback. Yeah. So, but where it took Clowney a little bit more time. But it has been similar. Once they hit that that potential, they've kind of just – all right, let's. It feel. It kind of feels like you know he's had some injuries and stuff, so that has a part of it. it kind of feels like all right, let's just get to get to but, where we can get. And Clowney Clown, had air quote injuries, but you know I mean, whether they were severe enough to keep him out. You, was Clowney a sophomore when he made the Michigan hit, or was he that was that a sophomore? I think there, yeah, I think it was. Oh, uh, it was a sophomore. For okay, some reason, I thought for it sure. was later. Yeah, I knew because that was kind of the hit that really made him the national guy. I mean, he, he, I'm sure Adam knew him, Nick knew him. I know I heard everybody. Well, we had all heard his name, but like I that mean, hit was. was I mean, like, he was the number one overall recruit. He was a pretty yeah. big deal. Clowney's still getting paid for that hit, right? Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's he's in Seattle, I think. Or no, Cleveland. Happen? He was a part oh, yeah, of that nine sack game of the Bears. It was like, right. okay, here's the opportunity where I pad my stats um, to make it look like I'm worth however much money they're paying me. 
And good yeah, credit was, to him. He did it. <laughs> he was kind of the Machado of the, the, the NFL free agency where just like he was a top guy kind of, but no one wanted to give him the money until like the right, right before the season. Cleveland was like, yeah, you know what? We'll give you like a two-year deal for whatever you think you're worth and see if you can do it. That was 2012, his sophomore year. He had 13 oh, wow. sacks, 23 and a half tackles for loss, <laughs> oh, God. three forced fumbles. I do remember that hit being the same day now, I think, as the uh, UofL Sugar Bowl game. Like, I think it was that afternoon. It was New Year's Day. It was New yeah, Year's it was out back that morning. So, okay, the next uh, day, yeah. But, um, yeah, that – man, it's crazy, too, that that's been eight years, and yet it's still – that's going to be one of those that's hard to ever top. You know? I know. The Sugar Bowl was awesome, Nick. I agree. <laughs> oh, my bad. You're talking about something else now again? I'm with that. I thought we moved on. Well, it certainly helped <laughs> that Clowney was a household name. Yes. Anytime you get a play like that. And it's got yes. St- Stingley's not a household name, by the way. That is, but that's why we're talking about Stingley being a top 15 pick doing this and Clowney being the number one pick, though. That's true. That's true. And Stingley, he is out. Um, they still have Eli Ricks. E.R. Rick's still a very good player. He's no Derek Stingley, that's for sure. Um, but I think Major Burns, too, is also a significant absence from the SEC's worst pass defense. Uh, Every sportscaster in America is just praying Major Burns makes the NFL and be good. Oh, man, I can just hear. ESPN's got, like, writers already working on jokes. Tom Brenneman. <laughs> bring him, bring him back, bring him right. back out of retirement to make major Burns jokes. And there's a drive to left center field. <laughs> I, I don't think Tom's on uh, on hiatus on purpose. <laughs> my my question for you, like it is, I know there for a little while that it was like, ooh, oh, in in you know you kind of start counting your your chicks before they hatch in a sense when you hear about all these good players being out, but or. What does it actually do? Does does this take a significant hit to LSU's defense? Are are we going to be able to see the tangible results of it? Because Stingley, I think, has only played one game up until this point anyway. Um, I know Burns has played a lot, but uh, do the injuries actually matter? I I think there was also like a nose guard that didn't practice earlier this week. There's a couple other guys that didn't practice but aren't necessarily out. I mean, Major Burns leads the defense in snaps, so he was playing a lot. Now, they've lost Jay Ward there, who former Kentucky commit, who's back oh. now for a couple games. Okay, okay. Um, so, they start – I mean, they've got bodies there. I mean, their depth get, is getting tested. If they lose another safety or another corner, they're going to be in really bad shape. Um, but as of right now, they're, they're fine. They're used to playing without Stingley at this point over the last two years. Um, safety has kind of been it, – it hasn't been a great position for them. They're still trying to find answers there. So, I don't think overall it, it, like, it doesn't change Kentucky's plan or anything like that. Or even, like, if you thought – if you crushed the numbers in the computer and it spit out Kentucky wins, you know, 27-21 or whatever. Right. I don't think if you take out the – if you take out Stingley and take out Burns, I don't think that changes very much. Or on the other side, Ali or McCall either. Um, I still think it's kind of the same game. Um, but each team, I think, is at both those positions. If they had another injury, they would be in real trouble. But as of right now, I think each each is fine. That's a that's a fair point where, you know, uh, but when you had all of that news kind of trickling out at one time, you've had Orgeron and the SEC coaches teleconference, it started like I was ready for Trevor Kelsey to come in today and 
and make the statement that this is a must-win game for Kentucky over LSU. That's the kind of the the hot takey stuff that I, I would anticipate the fans started believing once they start hearing that some of LSU's best players are out. I don't I don't even know if it's a hot take, but I think this game, if you want to use the word must win, I think it goes should come out of the, the mouth of LSU more than the UK. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, obviously it's a must, I mean, it's, it's a must win in a different way for Kentucky who has high expectations and in a season that doesn't come around every, you know, once every, you know, hundred years, it seems to be, but LSU, I mean, this is a must win because I mean, Ed Orgeron doesn't want to add to the, the hall of shame that is Steve Spurrier coaches who were sent out the door in major programs that they lose to Kentucky. He, um, it's more of a, it's a must win for Ed Orgeron. It's not for LSU. Well, it's L- LSU's season. I mean, they're three, three. They go three, season, three. But, but Trevor, I'm just telling. Their expectation yeah. is to compete. Compete. Excuse me for SEC titles. They're out of the race already. Well, that's true. Yeah, I mean, so, that, yeah. I mean, their season. I mean, it is what it is at this point, and it's about salvaging stuff and building momentum for next year. Which down the offensive side of the ball, they can do because they're really young. Um, but for Orgeron, it's about proving he can still win with this group. Um, so for him, he's got to rally the troops and get some wins here so he can come back next season. And I mean, so, like, there's – to me, it's hard – if he goes up here and loses, it's hard for me to see him being on the sidelines in 2022. I mean, you he go up there and Lexington and lose, especially maybe lose handily. I don't know what you would define as handily, but double digits. This could be one of those spin out of control, not maybe not eight, 2018 Louisville style for LSU, but it could be – it, it, it could spiral to where, yes, I agree with Adam, and I, I don't think it would be too much of a shock to any of us. This is Coach O's last year in LSU. And what we've seen this season is SEC fan bases are not taking it too well getting beat by Kentucky. No. Missouri, South Carolina, oh, no. Florida have all had um, lose-their-mind moments in the weeks after losing. And now at Florida, they're I mean, they're, they've gone crazy. They've gone from – Beating Alabama close, we can win the national championship. To oh my God, Dan Mullen is two and two against Kentucky. What is going on? Our programs. He, he's, he's Jim McElwain, basically. Just overnight. get him a shark overnight. I mean, that, that's got to bring a smile to you and other Kentucky fans. Oh fans, yeah, right? I, I mean, mean, especially I, Florida fans. Gosh, I, I mean, that just I mean, the fact that a, I mean, despite how good you know you may be or are going to be. No one nationally is going to obviously give you the respect because you're always going to be Kentucky until you can do it at least maybe back-to-back seasons. Oh, man. I just – I love how angry Kentucky can make. Because here's the thing. When LSU game fans had this circled on their calendar, when they got this date, I, it was probably like, what, two years ago? Yeah. Yeah. So it's probably right before the pandemic and they're, they're getting all excited. They've got this national championship contending team They're Oh man, that, that'll be a fun road trip. We're just going to go up there and roll the kitty cats. And now they're underdogs. Um, now don't tell that to some of the guys on the team. Uh, Darian Kennard kind of was like, wait, what? We're the favorite. Like I, we're we're always the underdog in my mind, which I, I like that. They're just do, they're going to play the underdog card no matter what. Uh, but LSU fans, it really is kind of a Freaky Friday situation. They're in here uh, now. Will they still have a good time at Keeneland? Maybe. Will they still drink a lot of beer? Sure, uh, but only beers that they've snuck in. So, 
Well, they might want to sneak in a lot because after if they lose to Kentucky, then they gotta go. They gotta host Florida, but then go on the road back to back weeks against Ole Miss and Alabama. If they lose this game, that what I just described as really out of control could easily happen. What I what I will say too, um, you people are really good at sneaking in your booze. Uh, Drew Franklin was showing me some of the Snapchats he was receiving during the game. And it was just bottles of liquor, like not just like a water bottle or like little airplane shots. I mean, it, granted, it was one of those travel fifths, but like somebody just had a giant thing of Jim Beam just like at the Crow Snapchatting it to Drew. And they were they were sending them all game long. You folks are really good at sneaking in things. And I, I'm just as somebody else who enjoys sneaking in to places he shouldn't sneak into. I'm proud. I, I'm like a proud papa. Well, that's how you became a pop, apparently. Uh, I, I don't know. It's been a while since I've been to a Kentucky game, but it, oh, I can't believe it. I, I never thought I'd say I, I hate to say this even because I'm over 40, but back in my day, uh, <laughs> like it was never like really hard to sneak. I mean, we I would sneak in like travel pit, travel pints, you know, a couple or two or three of them sometimes just in my cargo pockets, just without even like trying to be MacGyver sneaking stuff in as long as, you know, it just wasn't showing. Yeah, it was kind of like drugs at a dead concert. You know, the cops are like, "Oh, yeah, we, we know you have it, just just don't like flaunt it in our face." I think yeah. the the only thing they really do is, uh, like if you're wearing cowboy boots, they might check your your boots or something. <laughs> I never did that, so I didn't have that because that's like on. an easy like, and they, and they're probably a little bit more stringent on like the the frat guys. I but, think purses, maybe you know, obviously, but right, right, but and you you have a maximum limit on purse size too. But I think if you did the pints and the cargo shorts, you'd be fine. The waistband probably works, but hell, I haven't done it in so long that I I don't even I I don't not, really know where to begin. Not, uh, they're not checking very hard. I can I can tell you the last time I did I remember last, I think it was last UK game I went to. And this has been that long ago, but. uh I guess it's because I had them in like my cargo short. I used to carry them in like my cargo shorts. I kept like two in one side and maybe two in the other. I I used to hang out on the side of Nutter Fieldhouse. That's where me and my my friends would go to uh, get away from the the, the prying eyes to do uh, you know uh, smoke our left hand cigarettes. No, and uh, and take a few drinks. And I I I guess I just didn't realize that when I was pulling one of the pints out, I pulled my keys out, and they fell on the side of the ground and. Enjoyed the game. I think I want to say I don't know. If, I don't think it was UBA UK, but I don't remember who won. But by the time I realized my keys were missing, I'd gotten back to uh, Louisville and had been dropped off at my car. Oh and no! I couldn't get my car, and I was like, I lost, I've lost my keys. I can't get my car. I had to get a you know AAA out. Happy ending of the story. Uh, like a, two days later, I get a call from the Krogers in Lexington. Somebody had found my keys, seen my Kroger card on my on my keychain, and took it to a local Kroger. Wow. And they called me and let me know my keys were there. You're one lucky SOB, Trevor. Oh, yeah, I was like, wow. I was like, I don't even barely use the Kroger card. I think yeah. I thought I still think I have a Kroger card on my keychain just to good luck, just because of that. That's actually a great idea because you always see those on the back of the cards, like if lost, return to Kroger. That has a practical purpose. So I mean, just thanks to whoever the groundskeeper was. It just, I mean, just happened to find it too. I, I wish I knew who he was. I'd give him like some money for a reward. But I'm sure you aren't the only person that's lost their keys in that tailgate parking lot. No, it was it was that little uh, strip on the side of Nutter that that overlooks the hill and right next to where the uh, the, the the daycare is on the fence. And yeah, you can hide back here in the little nooks. I don't know. 
I don't I, think I don't know if that exists anymore. Charlie. Oh, okay. See, I told you it's been a while. I told you about. I mean, to tell you anything, I, I was at UK tailgating games when Nutterfield was built. We used to go and they used to let us play uh, pickup games on the field in the first couple of years. Not anymore. I don't think they let you do that anymore either, do they? No, um, well, we used to get some rug burns on that damn carpet turf they had. You talking about like the, the intramural fields, right? There? Yeah. Is that what you're talking about, Nick? I'm talking about what Nutter Fieldhouse is. Oh, okay. Never mind. Never mind. I yeah. Because um, okay, I grew up, our tailgating party was right there in front of Nutter Fieldhouse before it was even built. I used to, I mean, I, Adam, I remember I, I used to tailgate a lot with my grandparents at UK games, my uncle, throughout like the late 80s, early 90s. I will but say that UK. back then, sneak, just like what you could just walk into the game much easier. Now they at least have turnstiles. Oh, you could yeah, still. You can still weasel your way in, but back in the day, it was just like a mass of people, and they're just ripping tickets. They weren't even having people walk yep. their turnstiles. You couldn't ask for a more easy way to get in and out of a building. Um, but hey, enough sneaking in. We do need to sneak off to a break. Uh, but we've got a lot more sports to talk about, a lot more sports to discuss. Uh, Kentucky and LSU were just over 48 hours away. We're watching the Cats take down the Tigers at Kroger Field. Trevor Kelsey, Adam Luckett, Nick Roush, hanging out with you on a Thursday morning. We'll be right back. This is Welcome back to Kentucky Roll Call. You're going to stand there owning a fireworks stand and tell me you don't have no whistling bungholes, no spleen splitters, whisker biscuits, whisker doos, whisker don'ts, cherry bombs, nips of dazers, with or without the scooter stick, or one single whistling kitty chaser? Welcome back into Kentucky Roll Call, a Thursday edition of KRC. Nick Rouse, Trevor Kelsey, and Adam Luckett joining you today. Uh, well, we're going to talk Douglas, a little. Douglas put the same rejoin back to back days. We may have that line memorized by the end of the week, Douglas. We got to. Heck yeah. Feel a little variety there, buddy. I love you, though. Come on. Wow, Trevor. Douglas just, is nice enough to get us on the air, and now you're going to just be mad at him for playing repeat rejoins. Why don't, you show, why don't you wake up early and drive in the studio then and play him? Well, he's not driving either, but, I mean, I'm not. <laughs> he's kind of doing the same thing I'm doing. He's just kind of walking over there and putting it on. Oh, but, you suck it, buddy. Be grateful. Uh, we know. Douglas, Douglas, we appreciate you, Douglas even though Trevor does not. Him. He knows I love him. But Douglas, you know what? I'm, I'm off the show. I'm just going to drop in the end and give him a big hug and kiss right now. One, one thing I do not appreciate, but I also do to an extent, Will Levis has gotten – just people on television eating disgusting things. <laughs> I told you he's just daring you at this point. The SEC media is taking that hook, line, and sinker. Oh, man. Just completely taking the bait. Even more, some college national folks, too. Um, just anything he does. He might eat a desk today, and they'll, they'll go out and eat a desk tomorrow. So that's, that's, that's the part of the conversation I want to take this to. Because last night, he was on Out of Pocket with Alyssa Lang. Uh, drinking mayonnaise coffee so we have unpeeled bananas then we have mayonnaise and coffee 
I want to brainstorm what the next Will Levis food item is because well, we need to head this off of the past or just give him ideas as to what he should do. Uh, I'll, I'll let you guys mull it over a little bit because I think I have one that's pretty good. Feels like I, something with ketchup's coming. Something. I was thinking, I was thinking mustard, but that ketchup could be, yeah, ketchup on his peanut butter and jelly. Oh, that's, yeah, that's like, a good one. Like it's like he started with something quirky by eating the banana without a peel, which is weird. But I feel like I've, I've, you know, I've heard that happening before, people doing it. But like mayonnaise in the coffee, it's just like he took a complete left turn from quirky to just like lack of taste buds, disgusting. Sticking on the breakfast theme, I think instead of milk in his cereal, he pours orange juice in his cereal. <laughs> isn't isn't that what Craig had to do in uh, Friday when he, when he made the big detail put water on it? I can't remember. I think it, it was Bud, just Bud water. Light is lucky charms. <laughs> <laughs> to make the orange juice cereal worse, you have to brush your teeth right beforehand too. If you're going to put beer into the uh, Coors Light or Natty Light to, to the cereal, I mean. It, I don't know, Lucky Charms the goon, but I feel like you should go with like like uh, Raisin Bran or some like even obscure cereal. Oh gosh, oh. Cheerios maybe Honey Nut Cheerios with uh, with White Claw. Isn't that what the kids drink? That actually, might not be that bad. White, and White Claw like the modern day Zima for kids. Yeah, yeah like a White Claw with Cheerios because Cheerios are sweet. It would just be like a crunchy, you know. Yeah. Probably snack. It might, it might not be bad. You might be onto something, Trevor Kelsey. <laughs> I, I do think you're all right that the condiment thing is the way to go. And this is where TJ really gets weirded out. But when you just start mixing them into things that they don't, where they don't belong. Uh, That's true. Although, like, apparently a peanut butter marshmallow fluff sandwich is incredible. Um, I've heard that, though. And there's also, like, peanut butter honey sandwiches that are right right but i i think if we come up with one or two other combinations levis is going to have and you know what credit to him he actually timed out his his tiktoks wisely you know like the banana thing was well before the season started and he let that play out before he jumped on the next one and the next one even caught us by surprise. So I think he's going to have to let it breathe a little bit and before he comes back with the one-two punch again um, with, gosh, ketchup and peanut butter and jelly. That's just – that'd be hard to eat, too. Uh, you know, at one time people thought Elvis was insane because he ate uh, bananas on his peanut butter sandwiches. Now it's yeah. now, now Reese's comes out with a special edition each year. Wait, are you serious? Yeah, you didn't know Elvis uh, peanut butter and banana. No, no, I knew Elvis, and like I eat peanut butter and banana sandwiches from time oh. to time. They're delicious. It was one of my grandmother's favorite uh, lunches to eat, especially on toasted bread. But what they they is it? Are they like yellow? These Reese cups? I can't remember. They're actually not bad though. I think they still come out with them. I could be wrong. I mean, they may have discontinued them at this point, but I remember they used to. I used to see them in the. I mean, who? I mean, when you buy your Reese cups, more often than not, you're buying them as a, as a, you know, as an impulse buy at the register at your local gas stations. Like I don't know the great people at Thorntons who sponsor our text line, and I, that's that's how I used to see them. I mean, that's uh, I think I tried picked one up one time, and it was it was it was different, decently tasty. But it's probably that like really fake tasting banana flavor. Though. Oh well, that's yeah, I mean, it's, it's yeah, that's absolute garbage. I mean, it's a it's like piece of, it's like candy. I mean, of course, it's going to be artificially flavored. 
Yeah, it's disgusting. It's the worst. Banana Laffy Taffy and Banana Runts were just made to be thrown directly into a garbage can. Absolutely yeah, awful. Garbage. Garbage candy. I um, forgot about Runts. Do they still make Runts? That's a good question. I haven't seen them in a long time. I haven't seen them either. Adam, they used to be in like the little machines, like the gumball. Kind yes. Of, you know, and you just got to put your hand under and you get a handful for a quarter. Yep. Yeah. There's, there's a throwback for you as well. We were at a, a local Mexican place last night and Duke was very tired. He was not wanting to sit still. So I had to kind of walk around with him. And in the lobby-ish area, you know, kind of the waiting room, they had all of those gumball machines, the bouncy balls. He did not want to leave. He just ball, ball, <laughs> ball. Those Super Bowls used to be fun. I used to love getting those. Yeah, they're pretty great. Uh, I the, could probably spend an hour with the bouncy ball myself. And yeah. 32. <laughs> the, the, uh, the one that we got recently that we hadn't gotten in a long time was the uh, the sticky hands. Oh, yeah. Those are classic. Yeah. Yeah. Now they have just uh, slime in like a cup, and I can't think of anything as a parent I'd want my kid to have less than just that junk. Well, the sticky hands were basically slime after about two seconds. I mean, they didn't stick. Yeah, they did not last very long. Yeah, they never stuck too long. I mean, they they were we would expect, I guess, for a quarter. But I I mean, I miss the mini the football mini helmets that you used to get. I mean, I I actually was cleaning some stuff up as we were doing stuff around the house. I found a few of my old ones that were standing, put the stickers back on. Never did get an Eagles one. I, I probably spent a lot of money on those machines back in the days as a kid, and I would never get the Eagles. You tick me off. Well, um, suck it. And, I, and I, I'm talking suck about it, pal. I don't mean like the maybe modern. I mean the old school helmets that you actually had to attach to Facebook and put the stickers on the side of them. On the, on the you had to attach the Facebook to it? Yeah. The, the, the face mask. Yeah. The face mask. There yeah. we go. There we go. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's not even 8 o'clock yet. Okay, I haven't had my mayonnaise and coffee yet. <laughs> Let's uh let's see what's happening over here on the Thornton's text line before we get more into this weekend's college football slate. We're gonna be previewing a little bit early because we got lucky here for two hours. So why the hell not? That's um, what we do. It's, it's exactly exactly. But what we like to do, especially on our way in the morning, is stop at Thornton's and get our coffee. Uh, they don't. I don't think they have mayonnaise as a condiment you can add to your coffee. But you can ask because they, they have plenty of other hot fresh sandwiches in their kitchen because they got a full kitchen at Thornton's Gas Station. It's top of the line quality. Um, go there today. Get the refreshing rewards card and save some money at Thornton's. Uh, on the Thornton's text line, somebody says, gosh, damn, gosh, damn, Trevor. I'm happy you are back for this week. You might be my favorite Louisville fan to listen to. Wow. Oh, thank you, Texter. That, that, that evens out from the Texter who told me he was going to stop listing all week while I was on. It might be a low bar, low bar you're clearing there, Trevor. But... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well. Hey, I finally won a limbo contest in my life. <laughs> never never have done that before. Memphis hanging an NIT banner for having 19 appearances is comical to everyone except Justin, who I'm sure would say, that's right, when seeing an irrelevant banner hung. That's oh, he definitely right. would. That texture did send the picture of it too, but I couldn't. I was doing it on my phone mobile and they couldn't let me send the picture. Sorry. Yeah. So they had their pro day this week, which reminds us UK basketball pro day is Sunday. Well, again, I know you're looking forward to watching this can't miss event. I will not be watching that. Um, sorry, UK. 
basketball pro day. Yeah, I uh, I don't it's think just, the, the timing of some of their stuff is just it's a tough spot for me. Um, oh, like uh, High Point UK on New Year's Eve. Yeah, like I'm gonna be Bring watching Tubby back when nobody cares. If I'm not at uh, some a watering hole watching NFL, I'm gonna be probably watching some Georgia tape here at the crib. So, so not really basketball time here in the Luckett House yet. Good. I, mean, I know there's a lot of fans, especially over at House of Blue right now, who are just like, yeah, it's a football school. Uh, get that <laughs> basketball out of here. No, but I get the, the, people, the, the people that want to, you know, do it. And those, um, the pro days, um, obviously, like, like it's football. A, I can go to pro day, football pro day and have a good time. But I get that it can't be everyone's cup of tea. And I guess for for basketball, I kind of feel that same uh, that way well, on the other side. Of the I, I mean, it's crazy. We I talked about how like things have changed from back when I would go last went to UCK games, and I mean, look, that, that, a prime example is how that the, you've got the you know the first the first basketball practices coming up and everything, and that used to be. I mean, I remember <laughs> I did this is still my old age again, but I remember being at the Auburn game against Kentucky when they had Stephen Davis and. And company, and it was like forty-five to nothing before halftime. And I just remember all a lot of people leaving, going, "Oh, well, at least we have a reason to get out of here and get to the you know Big Blue Madness early." You know, I mean, that's that's those days are long gone, are they not? Yeah. Well, also that used to be the first practice, and it's not anymore. Yeah, like, yeah. And yeah. it used to be a bigger event. Um, and obviously well, with social media and expansion of TV and stuff, um, there's more access. To the team, I feel like that was kind of like that was the first time you got to see them since you know March. So it was like this big build up into then boom, and then it also helped that the football team stunk for a lot of those seasons. Yeah, back in my younger days, Adam, we didn't all have TV. Also, in in to not take this like I I don't think it's as much of a big picture thing. Trevor is as much as it's a terrible television product. So look, it is right in that going to like I love going to UK Pro Day for football. Uh, watching it on television stinks. I mean, it just just does. It, Unless you you're know, paying, really, I guess. You don't, you don't get the excitement from the players getting hyped. Uh, you, you can't cock your own folks. You don't get to just yuck it up with some of those people. Uh, UK Pro Day for basketball has been the worst thing that ESPN has probably ever done in the history of live sports broadcasting. And I'm talking about rock skipping on the Ocho. I mean – they, they they did the thing for a few years where they would just bring all their big analysts to just talk and we would just be having an ESPN talk show while the action was going on instead of showing us. And then last year they started actually showing us more, but then Keon Brooks didn't play for three months after that or whatever it was. So I think last year and all that stuff kind of, you know, watching uh, was that when Isaiah Jackson dunked from like the free throw line, or was that something different, Adam? I can't remember. Yeah, but e- either way, the the pro day TV experience has made it. I I don't like. I just it's like Clockwork Orange for me. Where I loathe it. I know we need to mention some of it on the show Monday, but like it's going to be a part of me where I'm going to just be like, yeah, you know, good for them. We got to see the team. That was nice. You love talking about Clockwork Orange, classic movie. I actually never seen it, but I just know so, that. I tell you right now, it's a very disturbing movie. Uh, I don't know how much you could get away with actually even showing it today with today's culture, or even make you could definitely make it. So, but uh, it's it's a pretty disturbing film. 
Yeah, well, I just was know the reference. Okay. Adam, you ever seen Clockwork Orange? I have not. All right. I I don't know if the, either of you would actually like it. I don't I know I don't know about Adam, I know Nick wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> I can just tell you that right now. Stanley Kubeck's a weird dude. <laughs> yep, Stanley Kubeck. Kubeck, whatever, yeah. Kubrick. Kubrick, whatever. He's dead. He ain't gonna come at me. <laughs> well, you never know. Some awfully spooky ghosts. Spooky. At, what I am going to be intrigued by, though, is the following day we're getting, so next Monday, right after Stoops wraps up his press conference and we're getting ready for undefeated Kentucky to go down to take on the top-ranked Georgia Bulldogs, they're opening up practice to the media. So that's when we'll get some actual real tangible things to grasp onto with this team. Is that breaking news, Nick? Uh, it might be breaking news. It's uh, publicly. I don't know if people have been tweeting out about it or not, but I do know that uh, we got an email yesterday that media is able to attend a practice on Monday. So back-to-back days where you've got pro day, and then you get to go to an open practice, for, and the media is going to tell you about it. And then that Friday? Is is, is Big Blue Madness Friday? Big Blue Madness is Friday, I guess. Yeah, it's yeah. Friday. Yeah. Which, uh, why can't we, we've yet to hear back from the fine folks in Athens if we're cleared yet or not. Uh, but we're planning on going to Georgia, hell or high water. And I, now that I remember correctly, I think we watched Big Blue Madness in Athens two years ago. We did. I yeah. was thinking it was the bye week this year. I guess I had that wrong. Yeah, um, because this year on the bye week, they're playing eight. Is it eight games before the bye? Or so, no, they're playing seven. seven before the bye instead of the six by six. Okay. Uh, so that that okay that that makes a reason why. Um, but hey, uh, I guess we'll we'll be excited enough to watch Big Blue Madness from a watering hole. Uh, Athens has plenty of them, if I do recall. I don't think we'll have to struggle to find one. No, I, I don't think. I we can't will. wait to see you all go into like a. a a bar in Athens, but can you put Big Blue Madness, uh, the UK practice basketball practice, on? That's yeah. Well, we we did that last time, and there was a few UK fans that already had it on there. Trevor, uh, there you go. Huh? Yeah, why don't you suck it, buddy? I, I stand okay. I, I thought maybe you were going to get those uh, SEC haircuts all riled up down there in Athens. <laughs> um, George, so- very kind last last trip, Nick. I'll be interested to see if that kindness goes away. Yeah, I was gonna think the same thing. Yeah, <laughs> how the game goes. Yeah, they, what happened last time? What was the final score of that game when you when they were okay with you watching the basketball practice on there? Um, no, it was 20. a close game. It was it was it was scoreless at half, and Chris Rodriguez dropped a touchdown nothing in the end zone to take a seven nothing lead. But yeah, they ended up losing twenty one nothing. Okay, so but it was still close. Yeah, by those standards, the scoreless at half. And then they got a big stop, and I remember Chris Oates running over to the UK section and getting them all fired up after uh, stuffing them on either third or fourth down. UK was in position, and then, man, the ball just went right through Rodriguez's I mean, arms. You could be describing this year's game. I really wouldn't be shocked if you and Georgia went into the half nothing, nothing this year as well. Yeah, that – uh, Sign me up right now. I would take that slug. <laughs> <laughs> Are you are you lacking confidence that UK could shut out Georgia for half, or are you thinking? Because I don't think it should be out of the realm of, of crazy to think. No, I would just love uh, the Twitter reactions of everyone if Kentucky played Georgia, all the Georgia offensive jokes, and just mm-hmm. I would just get a lot of entertainment out of that. <laughs> I, yeah, 
I know you're just late to the memes. Just two defensive gurus butting each other's head on the sideline. I, I know you're late to the memes, Trevor, but it's very popular for folks, especially Florida fans, to make fun of Georgia's offense. Like that's the uh, one thing. That's the one thing they're holding on to while getting dominated by Georgia in the cocktail party series. Is they're like, yeah, well, they still have an offense that can't do anything, and yeah, they still haven't won a national championship since 1984. It's like they're it's their two go tos in that rivalry that they're they're never going to let go. Was it 84? I was thinking it was 82. I mean, whatever. You're <laughs> you and your damn semantics sometimes. I was Herschel. Yeah, the way I screw up names left and right. Yeah, I do. I am I'm very very picky, aren't I? Well, you and your Tutu Atwell wide receiver. Wow, excuse me for for making a statement, and you all trying to curve it so you could sound like you're right when you were wrong. Adam, who was the better collegiate wide receiver, Lynn Bowden or Tutu Atwell? Wide receiver. Oh, semantics here. Sorry, excuse me for making it clear what I said. I mean, I Tutu had a better receiving career. Thank you. He had better quarterbacks too. Yeah, oh, Lynn was a better player, and I think he was a little bit better. He was a better prospect coming out. I'll say that. And what I think what started that whole argument was how I mentioned Wondell was the the slot receiver everyone in the UK thought Lynn would be and wasn't. And Which what started that whole that whole debate. Speaking of uh Wondell Robinson, signed an enormous nil deal yesterday with Stockton Mortgage. Who, man, they're, you know, that, that business is booming right now. Look, they got some money to spend. They're sponsoring everything and anything. And it's because houses are falling off the market. Yeah, good so. time to be in anything related real estate. Got a few friends and they're doing well, to say the least. Had four showings yesterday and we've got an open house Sunday. So I'm not going to give you my address because I don't trust those dirty, good for nothing Cardinal fans. But yeah, open house Sunday in the South End on Southern Parkway. You can figure it out. Come on by and buy my house. Do me a favor. Uh, but all that aside, Wandale, six-figure cash check. Very happy for him, uh, which leads me to a short segment I want to call Suck It, The Athletic, because while I like a lot of the people there, they do great work. Um, but, man, the Eric, like, like Kyle Tucker's story on Wandale Robinson's father, it was great. I didn't see it until a few days later uh, because it came out on Friday and I was I was off the clock on Friday. Uh, but it's a great story. And a lot of the money that Wandell is making on his nil deal is going to the charity his dad founded to help kids of incarcerated parents. So uh, great story. But I love that when I click on the link, I'm only logged in on one of my browsers like Safari. But if I try to click on it in Google, it gives me the, ooh, get 50% off now. Become a subscriber. And the banner was smarter sports coverage here. And Nick took that personally. <laughs> I t- yeah, I did. Michael Jordan <laughs> meme that. I took that very personally. Like, dude, yeah, I, I get it, Athletic. You write long stories. You're basically just one big magazine. But the smarter, like, the arrogance there. My God, the country club media that is the athletic. God bless. It just it rubs me the wrong way, Luckett. And, man, I, I get it. You guys, you, you do things a different way. But 
oh, it's we're smarter over here. We don't have to write as many stories because we're so much smarter than you. We don't have to just go to everything and do all the daily grinding. We can only write two stories a week because they're so smart. I, Suck it, athletic. I haven't heard Nick this mad since Billy Reed gave his definition of the South End. God. It drives me nuts, man. <laughs> That's me freaking nuts. Nick wants to get the athletics and the tr- athletic in the trenches and do some Oklahoma drill. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> right. like, come on. Like, yeah. In, in, exactly. You, you got to, oh, we're too good to just you uh, share the. I mean, it's, it's, these are all the people that were in like print journalism school yes. and are still. These are not people from my background. Or yeah, no these background. these are print journos who are like this is their way of like getting back at media for going away. Very J school. Their way of business. Day yeah, school. exactly. Well, we, I just me, I just kind of weasel my way in here <laughs> by any means necessary. Grinding the tape, blogging away. I got yeah, you. You a similar way, Adam. You weaseled your way. You at least you guys at least got your degrees. I'm the one over here, like with one year of college interning my way into into this position. Here I am, hey. 15 years later, gentlemen, doing a radio show. True American success you. story, Trevor Kelly. Yeah, yeah I'm like I'm like I'm like the fat Fievel. Oh man, good callback, Fievel. Yeah, yeah. mouse. <laughs> yeah, Fievel Mouskowitz. Oh man, I uh, actually, man, that's a great callback for a throwback Thursday because uh, I saw a poster for that. It was like, man, those movies were so great. Oh, Five was awesome. But now, Five Goes West lacking a little more, but as those sequels do. But yeah, the, the original American Tale, oh, I love, man, I love that movie. I'll watch that movie today. I might watch it after the show. HBO Max, pretty sure oh, it's on there. Dude. Check it out. There's also a new Chappelle skit that's out that's pretty great. And, uh, I, well, I haven't watched it, but I've heard great things. Um, was your how'd your ladder match go, Trevor? Quickly, you've got oh, AEW, awesome two hours last night. Awesome two hours. Uh, great show from start to finish. The started with an eight man tag between the uh, the Super Elite and uh, Jungle Express and Christian oh, Cage. Brian Daniels, love Jungle and, Express. Oh, Luchasaurus. Yeah. Oh, Luchasaurus was big time over. It was awesome in that match. Uh, great Sammy Guevara, Bobby Fish match. Uh, Selena Deeves and uh, her match was really good with uh, Kachada, and then uh, the, the latter match to, to to crown the number one contender, just spectacular. They, I would would like to see a little more time to it. They gave him like twenty one minutes. I would like to see maybe a few more minutes added to it. But other than that, great two hours of time in my life. I can't wait for Rampage on Friday night at ten o'clock. It's gonna be awesome. Jungle Express sounds like a tailgate set up outside. Tiger it's, Stadium at LSU. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it uh, it's, they've got ice luges and upside down uh, margarita shots and everything you could ever want. Come come to the Jungle Express. Yeah. Well, one thing I noticed, so like they have Welcome to the Jungle down there. I noticed it at Kroger Field during a break when the crowd was going nuts. It, TNT, I'm dynamite. That's, yeah, that's, that's Kroger that's Field. Kroger Field anthem for sure. Yeah, it's yeah. a big one. I didn't realize it until Saturday, but it's it's definitely a big one. Uh, Georgia has – they have Bobo O'Reilly. Uh, but you got to have some of the old mixed in with the new. We've got Grove Street and TNT. Could be a lot worse. Could be much worse. Could be a lot better, too, in hour number two of Kentucky Roll Call. We're going to take our daily double break. On the other side, got a little recruiting information to share. A little bit more uh, 
digging a little bit more into the weekend of college football that lies ahead much much more with trevor kelsey and with adam luckett this is kentucky roll call i'm nick rash we'll be right back here on the big x sports radio Welcome back for hour two of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is. With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome back into hour number two of Kentucky Roll Call. Call. Nick Roush with Trevor Kelsey and Adam Luckett. And Douglas, the producer, is getting us on the air today on a throwback Thursday addition to the show where uh, I'm, I'm really excited because uh, a little bit later on today, I'm throwing it back and talking to somebody who was a part of the last LSU game at Kroger field. And uh, yeah, that's going to be uh, it's going to be something, something else. So something to look forward to maybe might have a little bit of it on the show, but I know you all hate whenever I pre-record interviews and share them on here. So this one might be worth it, though. I think this one might be worth it. I think uh, people are going to get a kick out of it. So, I think they will, too. So stay tuned. Yeah, yeah. I think it'll be pretty good. But uh, we've got much more to talk about in hour number two, uh, including about our good friends at Salsaritas, because, oh, no, I did it again. I, I'm Pavlov's dog over here. I just say Salsaritas like it, and I start salivating. It's bad. It's really bad. They've got me hook, line, sinker. I love that place. They got two locations, one in St. Matthews uh, and one in Middletown. That one's got a nice little drive-through. Download the app before you go. You're going to save a bunch of money uh, on those wildly addictive chips. And as Trevor said, you should probably get some of that wildly addictive seasoning on the side. They're very generous there. They'll happily share some of that wildly addictive seasoning uh, with you. And then you can take it home. You can put on a bunch of stuff. If Will Levis started doing that, as part of his food challenges, people would be very happy, Trevor. Oh, I was I was on you for a second. Uh, <laughs> I was bru- I bru- I, damn uh, Google's messing with me. I'm trying to turn off the security settings. It won't let me go on like Wikipedia or half my sites because they keep telling me there's security fraud. They might steal your credit card information. I'm like steal my credit card? Are they gonna steal like sixty bucks? Okay, let's let me on freaking Wikipedia. Come on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna steal your identity good luck can i have can we do a trade can i have whoever's taking it i'll take theirs <laughs> I mean, so i'm trying to like turn off my i'm trying to figure out this damn google stuff i had to unmute for a second um yes oh, i'm looking i'm looking at the seasoning right now i uh i added it to uh another less than uh quality mexican drive through restaurant last night and made their tacos taste just like salsaritas Ooh. That's one way to go about it. I just recommend going to Salsaritas instead. I Two locations. Too. Check them out today. Like it. Let's talk a little football this weekend. Dynamite chips from Salsaritas. Absolute dynamite. TNT. Oi. Oi. <laughs> hey, who has the TNT championship? AEW, baby. 
Gosh, the fact that they have a TNT and a TBS championship is just hilarious. Well, they, they announced the TBS last night. That was they're moving the TBS in January, so they announced the the new TBS championship, which will be the secondary women's title. Oh, okay. Look, really, the belt looked cool. No, it's Wish they were still on the Sci-Fi Channel. You do this. Wasn't it uh, ECW on Sci-Fi? Do the Sci-Fi the Sci-Fi title? Very yeah. At the very end of ECW's days, they fought. Poor, poor ECW, like they were, they were hot, the hottest wrestling industry thing because of the the videotapes used to get, and they'd come on like at three in the morning on uh, one of like the WDRB channels or something in their prime. But they finally got on Sci-Fi when everybody had taken all their talent. And they were just like a shell of what they once were. They were on Sci-Fi for like a year. And they were like, mm-hmm. "Yeah, this isn't what we thought we were going to get." They're like, "Well, you know, the Fox News <laughs> Championship belt." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like something WWE and uh, Vince would definitely do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's let's look ahead a little bit to this weekend. Like it? Are you feeling confident about Kentucky? Yeah, I I like this matchup for Kentucky. I do. As we talked about on eleven personnel, check it out if you haven't already. My big question is just how banged up is Kentucky? We've already got the couple injuries, but a lot of players went down in that game. So just how what is their physical state after playing, you know, a really physical game? There are two physical games in a row, South Carolina and Florida. Are that are they good to go? If they are, they should be able to impose their will, I think, on both sides of the line of scrimmage. Should be able to run the ball and should be able to stop the run. And if they get a lead on LSU early, I think they're gonna they they should be able to have full game control. And and as long as they don't turn it over, they should be in charge where it's gonna make it tough, I think, for LSU. Um, in a game where Which, there'll be limited um, possessions. Is, as much as the offense wasn't great, especially on third down, they still, you know, they, we had one Will Evans interception, but uh, the only time the ball got put on the ground was J.J. Weaver mm-hmm. at the end of his interception. So played a relatively clean game there. Did you notice Chris Rodriguez made a change, took the gloves off? I did Me? not notice that, did he? Yeah, took took the gloves off. There we go. Uh, so, they're getting down to business. Exactly. That's when you know they're they, they they're serious. They're getting serious. Like I don't need these stinking gloves anymore. They're just they're good for nothing. They're only leading to bad things. That's that something Teddy Bridgewater would never security. do. No. Did he always wear the two gloves, Trevor? Yeah. The only time I think he didn't wear them was like during his pro day, and he had a poor day, and everybody was like, "Oh, he's 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 not a first round talent." And they're like, "It's the gloves. It's the gloves." Kenny Pickett at Pitt is having a monster season, and he's double gloves. Ooh. Oh, man. Do you gloves. think that they are – like? Are they, do, do we think that they have the stick that receiver gloves have, or are they different gloves? Or, uh, Adam, that's more towards you than me, probably. Yeah. yeah, I think they have some type of grip on there. That's the reason man. you wear them, you get a better grip. Because if you have smaller hands, that's who wears them usually is quarterbacks with smaller hands. Well, I, I wish I had those back in my day. I got, I got carny hands. My hands are tiny. I can't. I never could palm a basketball. People used to make I, fun of me. I would do the thing too, where I wouldn't wear gloves in practice. I would only wear them in the games because you know, if I, I if I can catch a, glo- a ball without gloves in practice, then it's going to be that much easier when I wear gloves during the game. Yeah, if you can dodge a ball, if you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball, right? Yeah, I mean, soundproof logic there. I can't wear gloves. Like I can't wear gloves when I drive. Even if it's freezing outside, I just I'm. I'm weird with gloves. I, Ooh, I, I love I, I, I love putting the gloves on when I'm driving in the winter. It makes me feel like I'm a NASCAR driver. You know? I, I, I think it's as a smoker wearing gloves. Just I mean, I'm just bound to like I can't feel where the cigarette is on my fingers because of the glove. And next thing I know, I just my hands on fire. 
<laughs> my uh i forgot who it was if this was i think it was my mom telling a story secondhand about seeing somebody that my dad knew from high school out and maybe my grandmother with was with him they were like you're jimmy roush right he's like yeah i remember you, you used to smoke with gloves on your hands so you your mom wouldn't smell the cigarettes on your hands uh, that's slightly genius uh, yeah I mean, that's something, yeah, risk Chess. to take, yeah. Playing checkers, checkers, yeah, exactly. Um, but back to this LSU game, like it, Brad White said last night that even though LSU has one of the worst rushing offenses in the SEC, he thinks that they're dedicated to running the football. They're committed to run the football, and that still has to be a priority for Kentucky. Agree or disagree? Sounds like Brad White watched Ed Orgeron's press conference. <laughs> And all of its apologies. Mm -hmm. I do think they're going to come out and try to run the ball. Now, whether that's a good plan or not, we'll find out. Their true freshman from Cincinnati, Corey Kiner, was a four-star recruit like everyone on the roster. He's done some good things in limited snaps. So he might be a guy they feature. I think that maybe we'll see more outside run after they've really tried to hammer it inside with inside zone and stuff like that, and it hasn't worked. So maybe they, we see more, like, counters, stuff like that, maybe try to get on the edge, some sweeps and whatnot, some pin pull. So I think Kentucky has to be ready to stop the run. I think LSU is going to come out and try to run the ball. But through five games, they'll show, they've will show they shown us that they, they will abandon it quick if you stop it. So if Kentucky is able to stop it, which they've done pretty well at so far. They're going to sling, yeah. they're gonna sling the rock around the yard, especially if they get down early. That's why I think in this game, a huge part of it is just getting off to a hot start. If Kentucky can get their, their ground game rolling, get an early lead, it's going to allow them, similar to the South Carolina game, if you take out the turnovers, where if you look at the South Carolina game, Kentucky kind of had full control most of that mm -hmm. game. And that was yeah. because they were able to consistently pick up first downs. They own possession, um, and they they – they kept the other offense off the field, limiting possessions in the game. And I think that's kind of the strategy here. Get the ball, run the ball, get it an early lead, force LSU to dink and dunk their way down the field. And then I think this is a game where your pass rush can really kind of flex its muscles a little bit. LSU has some issues uh, on the offensive line in general, specifically at left tackle. Huh. I think that's a match that they could take advantage of. Oh, yeah, I wonder you know, if you look at Kentucky's there. left tackle, you kind of understand him why. <laughs> oh, um, I, I'm glad too that you reminded us of. I remember watching it live, but I had completely forgotten about Max Johnson getting hit in the UCLA game and then just throwing a football with two hands over his head mm -hmm. to like throw the ball away. And it's not just that, like he's he does some stuff when he starts moving around where he starts he throws it in places it shouldn't be thrown. So there like I feel like there's a four interception game coming for Max Johnson soon. Hmm. It's just when it's when it's gonna happen. Hopefully it's this Saturday. But Man. and then you look at the receivers, like their next three or four leading receivers after Butte, who's only a true sophomore, all true freshman. Hmm. Max Johnson's a sophomore. Like this is just a really young offense. That's going through some growing pains right now. It's a, with a, a new coordinator, his first time calling plays. That they can they can't run the ball, so they're asking a lot out of a young quarterback and young receivers, and they're going up against a veteran laden team. 
So I think that's why I think getting the lead early can just be huge. Because unlike the Missouri game, I wouldn't trust Johnson and Peets to dink and dunk their way down the field. Jake Peets, their offensive coordinator, where mm-hmm. Eli Drinkowitz and Basilak, I would trust them because that's where they're at their best, where LSU wants to push the ball down the field more. Sounds like whoever takes over for LSU next year is going to have a nice young team to, to work around. Man, shout out to all the people who are already writing all those stories. You sent me a Pete Thamel coaching search one. I yeah, saw Thamel Aaron said, Torres. Uh, they're not going to start the coaching search. I'm starting it myself. <laughs> I think the fans. I think the fans are about a year, maybe a year ahead of them. But also, Thamel, what, what, man, he. What's the, what's the line on the game? My bad, real quick. Three and uh, a half right now. Yeah, yeah, three and a half. All right. Yeah, but, I, might be, um, I might be up in Southern Indiana later today. I thought you know maybe I have to go in there and take a look at the take a little Saturday sports book thing. The, Total's right at fifty, so you're looking at like a 27-24 final. That's what your projected final score would be, something around there. The Pete Thamel, um, man, he wrote a thousand words just to say Jimbo Fisher, uh, Jimbo Fisher, Lane Kiffin. And yeah, that's a, yeah, all it was. One other, I forget who the other name was. Jimbo uh, Fisher James, to go to, James Franklin. Yeah. James Fisher to go to LSU, or Jimbo Fisher to go to LSU. Yeah, because oh, uh, they, they love they love that. It's like the Billy Donovan to Kentucky. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and Woodward was the AD at A and M when he hired Jimbo. I mean, you might as well keep that over, John, if you're going to go after Jimbo Fisher. Trevor, why don't you really tell us how you feel about Jimbo Fisher? I mean, Jimbo Fisher sucks. <laughs> Didn't he just lose to Mike Leach anyway? And oh, and Mississippi State, who I like Mike Leach, but Mississippi State's been a dumpster fire since he got there. Jimbo Fisher's, uh, yeah. You want to bring, you know, Alex, you go and get Jimbo Fisher. See, I see if the grass is green on the other side, and hopefully Les Miles eats it. In fairness, Jimbo Fisher's quarterback did get hurt. So fairness, Jimbo Fisher sucks. Yeah, uh, Adam, can you tell that Trevor's not a Jimbo Fisher fan? I'm not a Jimbo Fisher fan. He's not doing a very good job hiding it. (laughs) Well, Jimbo, Jimbo, Jimbo's coaching definitely uh, adds fuel to the fire usually. Uh, Speaking of A&M, the videos of the yell leaders are going around, and people are very much um, making fun of them right now. Yeah, I did see that. Um, the, where he just keeps like doing his little picking walk. up his knee or whatever. Yeah, and like yeah. leaning back. It was like a bad video, bad music video parody of 2003's Fat Joe song. Just leaning back. So weird. Um, man, that was odd. Was not odd. And you know who could dink and duck their way down the field if they got in trouble? Chris Vizina, which he is going to be attending Kentucky's game against LSU. Big, 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 big time visit alert here. You normally don't say that about guys that are only juniors in high school, but you have to when it comes to quarterbacks because that's when you recruit them. Got to land a good quarterback in that class. Yeah, and Liam Cohen, he was on this guy pretty early. But the problem is that a lot of other teams are jumping on now. So after Florida lost, they extended a scholarship offer to him. He's really blown up in recent weeks like it, but it is significant that they were able to get him on campus for one of these big-time atmospheres. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Auburn offered on Monday. Um, before that, Florida offered uh, right, be- right at the beginning of last week. Penn State offered previously before that. I mean, Arizona offered right before that. So in the season, he's kind of blowing up here. Um, the key point in this is when the recruiting period opened over the summer, Nick, they were able to get him on campus. It took a little bit because he was going to Alabama, Clemson, 
Mississippi State, all these big schools, but Kentucky was able to get him on campus. Mm-hmm. Alabama and Clemson are still sniffing around, but he is blowing up. Like It's looking like he's going to be a legit four-star recruit, probably like a top 150 prospect. So Kentucky did get in on him early, got him on for a visit, and now they're getting him back for a game, a big game, which is huge. Um, so they're they're giving themselves, I think, more than a puncher's chance here. Mm-hmm. Um, but this recruitment is really blowing up. But that's you got to win win these. You right. got to get you got to get the dudes. So this is a guy that they've zoned in on. He seems like maybe the top quarterback on their board right now. And so we'll see how this goes over the next few months recruiting him. But they're they're in the hunt. But there's a lot of competition. No, there's certainly there certainly is. Um... Man, it's uh, it's going to be a big weekend. Another big weekend. I don't think they have any uh, big time official visitors this go around, but there are some big names out there. Emil Wagner. There's rumors that he could be coming back, so uh, would be nice to get him on for one more of those big ones before he makes his decision. So uh, just uh, something to keep an eye on as the game gets closer this weekend between the Cats and the Tigers of LSU at Kroger Field. We're going to get to a break, come back and read more of your texts on the Thornton's text line at 502-414-1450. You grab your Thornton's coffee, you send us a text message, we read it on the show. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. We'll be right back for Trevor Kelsey, Adam Logan. I'm Nick Roush. Don't go anywhere on the Big X Sports Radio. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call. One more thing. Do me a favor. Don't go chasing waterfalls. Was that accidental or were you trying to quote TLC on purpose? I don't even understand the reference. You don't understand what you said? I don't know what that is. Get out. We are creeping along here on a Throwback Thursday edition of Kentucky Roll Call. Nick Roush. Trevor Kelsey and Adam Luckett. Happily, happy to have him with us today. Wow. Also happy to share with you that there's a special event coming up at Genesis Diamonds. Ooh, special. Yeah. They have special events all the time, and none are more special than the one that's coming right around the corner. Is you delay delay time to get the read up? Yeah, and here's the thing too, is I like I have the email, but I don't. It doesn't tell me when the special event is. <laughs> you were killing time until you can find what you needed to say. <laughs> it's supposed to be November first, but there's a special event on November first. I don't know what it is, but it's going to be a great one. I can guarantee you that. You know, so, what, just go to Genesis today, tomorrow. Uh, every day just stop by there just randomly just to check in especially because, november 1st because yeah. that's when it's going to be extra special i mean extra start, special start, go there and ask them about customizing your soon-to-be kentucky wildcats sec championship ring which you will still get even though you'll go uh, louisville beach at the end of the season so congratulations to that yeah so anytime just November special event, but anytime's a great day at Genesis Diamonds. And right now is a great time 
to hit up the Thornton's text line at 502-414-1450. One texter says, just realize we haven't seen any of the receivers that transferred from Michigan State. Where's he been? Well, like, and I know Trayvon Morgan had a hammy in the preseason, but I'm not going to lie to you. I haven't even really noticed him on the sidelines during games. He's not dressed out right now. Yeah, so he might just be injured, injured. So Yeah, that's a neck. If not late November, it's a next year type of thing with him. Right, right. Um, So, but hopefully that ends up painting out. You could certainly use all the help you can get at wide receiver. (laughs) There's there's no doubt about it. Um, Another texter says, was looking at Roush's Twitter feed this morning and noticed an obscure, annoying troll by the name of Tim Sullivan. Sullivan is bow that he worked for the Courier-Journal. Is this what that lousy rag has been reduced to? First off, just love calling a newspaper a rag. Very old school. Very old school. But um, you know, Sully, I, I Sully's got some character. He he's he's as old school as it gets like it. So I appreciate him, even when he is being overly sarcastic. I, I first interviewed Tim Sullivan when he was still at this for the San Diego rag paper covering the Padres. So how far back I may go at this point now. Man, he was – I know he was in Cincinnati for a long time, but he I, kind of m- mocked uh, the quote that I pulled from Stoops' pregame speech. And I, um, I thought your reaction was going to be, why the hell did you have a Padres guy on at a little radio station? That's what I was kind of expecting you to say. But, I, I, I can understand that, though. Yeah, you was, know, you're just having anybody, you know? I was, Yeah, when, when you're producing for John Renshaw and he wants three guests an hour, he doesn't like talking. You, you, you sometimes to be uh, – to get revenge on him making you do that, you're like, hey, you know what? Here you go. One time I got him a Duke football guy just to, just to piss him off. And then he sat there and literally talked about Duke football for like 50 minutes. This is like in 07 or 08 when uh, not that Duke football has ever really been that good to begin with. But yeah. <laughs> but Sullivan had a snarky remark to my, uh, my, my tweet that was. I really like the quote. I'm sure Stoops got it from somewhere. Like he's not just coming up with all these out of thin air. But um, the best things in life are on the other side of fear. So fear nothing. So I like because there is an extent of all good things or can be a little scary. It's just the you can't grow unless you're out of your comfort zone. Right, like that. right. Yeah. It's that same sort of theme. I really like the line he used though in that situation and. Uh, but uh, of course, Sullivan's like, tell that to a group of hungry sharks. It's like, <laughs> buddy, we're talking about like being scared before you get married or before you go play would. a big game. But man, <laughs> speaking of writers for the Courier, uh, they're they, they're looking for a new Louisville beat writer. Guys, you think I need to throw my hat in the in the in the ring there? Well, Trevor, I think one of the job requirements is you have to have your JD to interpret all the different laws that they're breaking at any given moment. So, <laughs> hey, I know about breaking laws. Oh, oh, boom! You're perfect for the job. Yeah, I mean, I, I know all. I, I know, I know, I know how to skirt around the law. I, hey, listen, Johnny Law's been, you know, I'm, I'm like, I'm like Cliff in uh, Once Upon a Time, Mex- uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. You know, Little detective Trevor Kelsey. They've been trying to get me all my life. I ain't, they ain't gonna get me now. I just, how can you not? How can the Louisville newspaper not find? A Louisville basketball beat reporter. Well, so. it's only been a day, but I mean, you no, think, no, but Trevor, no, this is like the that job se- turned over like every year for the last. Three yeah, years. yeah, it has. I, I mean, know. Greer, Greer. Okay, so I'm trying to think of the last person that was there for more than a year, and it was Jeff Greer. But even he wasn't there that long, right? Was it CL? Maybe. <sighs> yes, I, mean, I think it was CL before 
C.L. Brown? Yeah, where he, he came from North Carolina and then came here, and then I don't know where he went now. That was a jump off because Brian Bennett had that job. He moved to ESPN. Now he's with The Athletic. Um, yeah. CL, did he go to the athlete? He went to ESPN. I think he went to he ESPN. He got laid yeah. off in one of the axes. So he's over like a North Carolina newspaper now. But man, I mean, the Danielle Warner's had, I mean, she was in and out after a year. I mean, it's just been a lot of, I'll, I'll be totally honest. A lot of turnover there. I, I mean, nothing against the, the young lady who just had it. I didn't even realize who, like, when I saw her, the name of, like, so and so has left a little bit. I was like, I, I hadn't even recognized. I didn't why even, do they need to? Why don't, why can't the football guy do it? Be my yeah, question. well, because I think they get the football guy doing non-football stuff too. Not right. well, and they they do it overlap the seasons. I mean, so I guess you need to have some like somebody who does like specify. It's just it's crazy that it, that like that you can't find somebody. But like John Hill does UK yeah, football and UK Hill basketball. Both. Yeah, I I don't I don't understand. And then what I, does Lexington do for basketball? Because uh, Josh does bat football. They just have Jerry Tipton. It's just kind of Jerry happy. Tipton's just basketball. Yeah. 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 And then Clay cool. and Story are columnists that overlap. Um, I did have somebody say that I should go, I should apply for the job because I love U of L so much because I went to a football game. <laughs> really looking forward to the, I'm, I'm definitely going to be tweeting from the volleyball game I'm going to Friday. So we should all just go interview for this just all together as a group and just kind of see how it works out. <laughs> they, they would love my 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 uh, grammar skills. <laughs> so, I'm, I'm sure you would be just poignant and punctual. Oh, um, I, I'll make spell check kill itself. I mean, it's just it, it, it's like it gives it a suicide trip. Um, another texture says, "Good morning, Nick. I need you to either tell me I'm right in thinking that it is never safe to believe that we have a game in the bag, especially against a big name like LSU." Or can I breathe a little bit with Stingley being out, Burns being out, their run defense being not great, and their run offense being ranked 120 in the nation? I can't help but feel comfortable, but history makes me nervous. Help! Help! The best thing in this matchup is that LSU's run defense against Power 5 teams has been bad. I broke down the numbers a little bit. Uh, go KentuckySportsRadio.com or check my Twitter out. But long story short, they just they can't stop a nosebleed against these Power Five teams on the yeah. coming to the ground game. And that even includes Mississippi State, where you're not even focused on the run. But Auburn got in a, a hole early, but they were still able to run the ball. Um, even they threw it 46 times and only ran it 20 something times, but they almost still almost got the 200 rushing yards. UCLA ran all over them. You can run the ball in this matchup, and that's good for Kentucky. Run the ball. See if you can get the play action going. Get to- get game control is a term I'm throwing out a lot, but I think that's huge of this game when you're playing a team that wants to throw it around the yard. You want to get the lead on them, not vice versa. So establish the run, get a lead early, and then just sit on them and, and bleed out that clock. Yeah, sit on them. Just squash them into oblivion. That's like, well, I mean, Kentucky, like a, is, a a, Kentucky is a mini Georgia, Nick, right now. Like, uh, they're a mini Georgia. They want to run the ball. They just want to impose their will at the line of scrimmage. They're going to stop the run on defense. They're going to play sound football, make you earn scores. And if they get a lead on you, it's slowly – they're slowly – you're going to look up and panic. You're going to be like, what's going on here? It's close game. Why are we losing by 10 points? What's going I mean, on? Isn't that's that Stoops what, that's what Kentucky has to do. Isn't that Stoops MO every year? Yeah, but – Yeah, but he's not, not like – yes, but they're usually – 
but the the run defense so far has this has been the best he's had to this okay. point in the season. Gotcha. At Kentucky, he's the, even in twenty eighteen they they weren't stopping the run like this team is stopping the run. Still having trouble with the scrambling quarterbacks, or is that still not a nightmare for Kentucky fans? Well, they did pretty good with it last week. Yeah, and that's yeah. the best mover in the in, at quarterback they're going to see all season. Ah, uh, really? Because I know there's a, there's a there's a young man named Malik coming in in a few weeks. It's mm-hmm. might, uh, might, might I have don't to say about that. I think his name's Mikhail Trevor. No, it's Malik, and you know how I'm oh. always remember it now. It's because for some reason the guy's been here four years, and how it came under the radar of every Big J journalist. Maybe it's because we don't have a, someone as a courier following the football team directly. Uh, but he was na- apparently Malik. He's named Malik after the actor who played in Cool Runnings, who played Yul Brenner in Cool Runnings. That's who he's named after. I mean, how, how is that? How is that tidbit fact about our local quarterback not talked about in the four years he's here? Because he's had seven different names. He's had he switches two. back and forth. Suck it. But well, he- <laughs> you know, I mean, and also you were ready to you were ready to punt him to Mars last year, okay? Hey, so, he, he deserved to be punted to Mars and and, and they're all around Venus and the rings of Saturn and every other, you know, uh, astrological planet I can think of. It, it, but to this year, he has played well and not turned the ball over. And I'll give you know, I'll I'll I'll, I'll eat crow if he he's playing this way, as long as I can put some ketchup on it, maybe. Until Louisville last in the ACC in yards per play defense. Oh, good lord! I can't over. stop anyone again. I'm so, telling you, dude, this was like a two-hour topic. On oh, this. suck it, Trevor! It's. I mean, listen. That's, that, that oh, is, so it sounds like Lucky hit a hit a sport. Just really, just uh, hit a yeah. hit a spot. Hit a sore spot. I won't go too much into it. You can go check out the Rutherford Show podcast, which is three to three to six here on the Big X uh, for Monday. That stat was brought up, which. Was was comically brought up because I and Mike have both talked about how we thought the defense has looked improved, and then the numbers come out and they're like, "Yeah, improve this." <laughs> <laughs> that's when I that's when I told uh, Mike learned that I, I love stats except when they don't back up my theory. Uh, <laughs> they have played uh, some good offenses, but it's just kind of the thing with Louisville. In defense, Louisville has played some decent offenses this year for their defense stats look the way they have. And officially, they have held every opponent they've played under their points-per-game average for the season. So, mm. not by much. I think they've held most of them by like a point or two under their average. But the thing with still- defense is, Trevor, it's just hard if you don't have the dudes. Like, offense, you can kind of scheme your way yes. to points. But on defense, you just got to have the players. And then, and unfortunately, Louisville was thin at that to begin with, and then they lose Montgomery. Yeah, yeah. lose Montgomery was big. Now, Keytrail Clark is a dude at cornerback. But other than that, you're just kind of like to me, I look at the Louisville defense and I'm like, who are the dudes here? Like, one, one of the biggest problems about Louisville's defense is something Kentucky hasn't had this problem with for the last couple of years is the defensive line. And something Louisville didn't have to worry about under like Charlie Strong and even a little bit of the early Petrino days is having a defensive line that can get pressure without having to send blitzers. Defensive line con- is all recruiting. Like, yeah, you can yeah, and something Scott Satterfield do don't are, do. You gotta have the, they gotta hit prerequisites before you even bring them on campus. There's only so much those guys can grow. You know who the dudes are when you when you scout defensive linemen. Mm-hmm. You watch defensive linemen tape. You can be like, oh, this guy's good. This guy can play. This guy, I, I don't, I don't know about that. And that's what it is. Like, you just kind of are who you are. Um, and, like, Louisville, they just – if you look at it, they just haven't recruited that position well where Kentucky 
has had a lot of success. And you saw last week, even when they lost a senior nose tackle, their two sophomores stepped in and had their way um, with Louisville Center. And that's nothing more than just they Kentucky's had success recruiting. That's something – I mean, Louisville's had that been ended that position. And it, so I know how happy it can be. But, when yeah, when, you, when Louisville's running a 3-3-5 and not blitzing and you're only going three linemen – you got to have at least one of them. You got to get able to get some pressure up with the three guys, and Louisville can't do that. And it's been that's been a reason why that defense is ranked statistically. Unfortunately, that again combined with some some decent offenses, with the exception of Florida State, they've gone against. I mean, they played Ole Miss, they played UCF, uh, which might be skewed now with the quarterback out, and they, they played uh, Wake Forest, which is a decent offense as well. So it's another good offense this week too in Virginia, who can yeah. do it all around the yard. So I mean, it's that, that there, there is some. Some caveat to the, the stats, but still, that's still not a, a huge excuse. Um, back on the Thornton's text line, one texter suggests that Levis's next food to eat is that gross water at the bottom of ketchup and mustard bottles. Oh, I bet you, I bet you, TJ drinks that. God, dude, that stuff is the worst. Like, I mean, I mean, is anything worse than whenever you're you shake up the bottle beforehand and then you still open it up and you get ketchup water on your hot dog i actually I, I say that i don't it's really mustard water for me but i know that you're a, a loser trevor and you won't eat stuff like that so <laughs> I'm okay. I, had to, I had to put it in terms you could understand i i'm not a big ketchup guy to begin with but yeah the water when i if i see the water i'm just like just throw the ketchup away i want nothing to do with it uh one texter says morning from a brand new Thornton's truck stop. I bet those are the bee's knees. They're great enough in the city. I can't imagine running into one of those. We we need one on that Whitey Paytona exit. We've got three there. Make it a fourth with the Thorntons. Let's let's make it happen, Thorntons. Yeah, nice midpoint on. on the drive. Yeah, it's a great midpoint. Great midpoint. Great stopping point. Which by the way, like it I know we had to pull over the other night. It was pouring Tuesday night as well. Like I just this weather has not been cooperating much lately. Can't drive in the rain there, Nick? It's just when it's thunderstorming, it's tough. Nah, I can see that. I mean, I don't pull over because I'm a man, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, we do need to get some good weather on Saturday. I haven't been looking ahead like it because I don't like to jinx it, but need to get some good weather on Saturday. I don't want to jinx it, but from what I've seen, it's going to be – Pretty, pretty nice. Is that Ooh. in both Louisville and Lexington? Both places are going to get nice weather. Lexington, you're going to have high 70, mid to high 70s during the tailgate, and then around kickoff time, it's going to drop to around 70, and it'll be 65 by the time you get out of there. Your your night kickoff, right? 7:30, I assume. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's when they play the good games. Is that night? Yeah, but I, you know, I don't even. You can take your joke and, and turn it sideways and shove it. I don't care because. <laughs> I'm just happy. I just love it when they don't. They, the teams don't overlap. I, I, I you know, I, Kentucky's going to play at threes and then put a little bit noon or seven, you know, or vice versa. I just, I hate having to put because half the time I'll try to put the UK game on on the ESPN app when when I have that happen because you know Louisville gets the big TV, you get the screen. Sorry, buddy. But then they always end up like being like your game is blocked out in this region. I'm like you sons of. Louisville gets the rare Saturday tailgate at home this week. Wow. You actually get a tailgate for your own football game. Congrats, yeah. Louisville fans. <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe get 50% off the concession stands again. We'll get more people out there. Louisville's uh, going to have a good crowd this week and a, and a win. Because if Louisville doesn't win this week against Virginia with a decent crowd, 
it's going to be a, a bad crowd probably for Boston College. And that's a, I really do like Boston College this year. That's going to be a tough game, and they're going to need all the fans there they can get. It feels like a huge game for fan morale. Because it even did. if they lose this game, they can still recover, get to seven and five, and Satterfield can sell a bunch of stuff in the offseason. Yep. But a win here can get people believing again, and you get a bye week so it can get people ramped up for another home game. Because the loss of potentially four. host Clemson, where you're feeling, or you're kind of feeling good about yourself, and you can potentially have a really good crowd. Uh, but a loss here, and then it kind of, it, 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 I think it gets a lot of people on the fringe off I mean, the wagon. You're right. I mean that, and then like I said, you have Boston College coming down with a weak crowd. And maybe you lose that game, then you have to go to the road to North Carolina State, and then if you happen, I mean, if you're kind of a tailspin at that point, you're right. The Clemson game, knock on wood, they don't find their offense by then. That this, this is a very important stretch for Louisville. Yes, very much so with with three out of four next home games, and just even though coming off a loss, Louisville fans, as you can make fun of all you want. Are looking at the loss to Wake Forest is still kind of the the asterisk of well we got screwed by the rest which bad call but you lose the game you lose the game but at least it, 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 I'll accept that asterisk excuse as lame as it can be if that still convinces the fans to go okay well that loss didn't that doesn't bother us we're going to show up let's play a hypothetical say Louisville is like six and five Kentucky let's say nine and they win this weekend and they're nine and two heading into that. Thanksgiving Saturday. What does that crowd look at like? Do y'all think it gets close to selling out? Is mm. it like 50-50? Is it more 60-40 in a general direction? I would think it'd be 50-50, not even close to a sellout. I don't think any of these Thanksgiving games have been close to a sellout. Yeah, they've all been pretty, yeah. Even, I mean, even when Kentucky, but back-to-back years with needing a, ball, a win for a ball, they weren't even yeah. big crowds. That's, they weren't close. That's why they need to move the game. I mean, it's just, it needs to be the first game of the season. Because I mean, then Louisville can convince themselves game. that they're going to win. All I was saying is Kentucky's having like a huge season like that. I could see more than normal going to that, making the trip. Yeah, I mean, yeah, especially if Kentucky's even looking at even a better season than nine and two at that point. I mean, and then I don't know if Louisville had any buy-in at all, they could their fans could be like, "All right, let's ruin their one of the best seasons they've ever had." Well, they already are. I don't know if you listen to yesterday's show. Oh. I went the other show the other day. I've already made the prediction: Kentucky will roll through the SEC and win the SEC East this year. They will go. <laughs> they will go into the Thanksgiving Day game undefeated. Louisville. Despite how, even though, yes, the ACC is a pile of trash, they, we are the top of the heap. We will go into that game as the leading uh, leaders of the Atlantic Coastal. And then what's going to happen is we're going to beat you. We're going to upset you. We're going to end your undefeated season. And then we're going to go to the ACC title game still. We're going to win the ACC title game and go to BCS. And then you're all going to get, you know, uh, new fish in prison by Alabama. And then you all, and then we're still going to go to a BCS and you won't. Yes. Suck it, Kentucky. Yeah, and, Trevor. Wow. Trevor, in that in that theory, put Louisville in a different division. <laughs> he also went back in time. Yep. This so, uh, Louisville's in the coastal now, and we're back to in the bowl championship series. Wednesday on a Throwback Thursday. Wow. Well done, Trevor. Uh, <laughs> Atlantic uh, Coastal. Come on. I mean, who gets a damn? <laughs> uh, Texer on the Thornton Stex line says a major change needs to happen. College basketball shouldn't start till Christmas or New Year's. Move March Madness to May Madness. Oh, I don't know. If I, I, I love that. that. I love that idea. It won't happen, but I think that would be, It'd be pretty great, great for basketball. Well, like, just make it a spring sport. Like, why does it need to be like? It sucks for them. Being a basketball player as a college athlete sucks 
You get every yeah. like at least like fall sports athletes, they get their spring break. A lot of them can still get their Christmas break. Basketball, you don't get anything. You're there all year. It's terrible. So even the, it, there's been scuttlebutt that the NBA should start on Christmas. Oh, the NBA should start late. This preseason junk, like getting NBA Twitter fired up in October. Get the hell out of here. God, it's football season. They're going to intertwine. All sports center overlap at some point, though. Yeah, but it, exactly. And they're oh, like trying to interlap, trying to compete with football is just stupid. Well, so. football's just got they they have the perfect spot on the calendar. They do because it gets dead in the summer, and you can lead up into it. All the preview content it doesn't get lost because it's there's nothing else really out there. And then the season they own like whether it's NFL owning Sunday or college football owning Saturday, they own a day. And then also you can lead up into the games because there's one game a week you can build up to it where it's not like the other sports where you're playing every other day or a couple days every week. Um, so like football's just got, I mean, that's the, it's got the, it's just, it's just got the total setup, And that's, that's a reason why I think it's so popular. I'm not going to argue that. Uh, one texture on the Thorns text line says pro day is fine. We're a basketball crazy fan base. We get to see our team play. It's better than nothing, but sometimes it's really just nothing. Like they don't show anything. That's, that's what's happened in the past. So yeah, uh, I don't get into the big blue madness or first day practices, even not, not just because I'm saying big blue X with Kentucky being with Louisville when they, so one year they tried to do whatever they did with their version of midnight thing. And just the first, even, even red white games, I can take it with a grain of salt. Uh, one texter says on the Thornton's text line, you guys pro day is the same as Cal's annual speech at Big Blue Madness and initially something new and interesting, but now it's just unwatchable. I have to put the TV on mute while Cal's speechifying. Um, <laughs> uh, let's see, is this, this, it's on five 30 to seven 30. So it's to make matters worse. Pro day is on during the second half of the second half of the slate. I don't know what the NFL slate is, but like during the second half, Maybe if you squeeze it in like seven thirty to eight thirty before Sunday night football. That's what I was gonna off. say, like six thirty to eight thirty, so you can watch, so people can get that last hour before Sunday night football starts. Would be I probably do. the best time if you were going to do it, or just do oh, ten thirty to noon. Yeah, or just eleven to one, perfect yeah. lead in. Because who watches NFL pregame shows? Just, just nobody. Just Trevor, the, the, you, you're really cutting into the church crowd there. That's why they probably wouldn't do that. Right, right. But either way, it just. Uh, one texture says, "I haven't heard Nick this mad since 90 seconds ago when he was loathing pro day." <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know if Trevor's watched it yet, but I'd love to hear Trevor his thoughts on Squid Game. Man, that is the. Uh, I love now too that. I get to know, like, I, I still feel hip because my wife learns what kids are doing from her students. <laughs> so, have you heard of Squid Game, Trevor? Uh, no, I, I had to Google it, but I couldn't read about it because uh, Wikipedia is blocked from my computer right now. Uh, I did get a glimpse of it. I had not, I'm not familiar with it and wasn't until the text had sent that. I guess it's a, uh, like, a Japanese show on Netflix in some way. I don't, I don't. I don't know if I'll I'll watch it, but uh, maybe I'll give it a shot if the texture gives it a good enough thumbs up. But then if he does give it a thumbs up and it sucks, that texture's uh, seal of approval goes down. The uh, my understanding of it is it's basically a more graphic Hunger Games, but it's Korean and they dub over it with oh, English sorry. speaking. So 
Sorry, yeah. Jeff. Didn't mean to say Japanese. I didn't mean to like offend anybody. Yeah, but I also am just like I don't I don't watch stuff like that. Like, yeah, I'm not a. I never. I'm, I'm not never, gonna binge through this and and out like in a few days. Like I, don't, I ain't got time for that. It's football season. I've never seen Hunger Games, so I guess I, mean, I know the premise. Like Hunger Games has Jennifer Lawrence, so it's natural. Yeah, I know. You know it's gonna yeah. be better. Um, but well, I get, like I don't know about you, but I ain't got time for stupid shows like that during football season. Yeah, it's wrestling time too. Yeah. <laughs> Just oh. I'm just waiting for Yellowstone to start. That's all I'm waiting for. Like, are you a big TV, are you a big TV guy, Lucky? What's uh, are you a big TV watcher? Not huge, but I have I have my shows that I watch. Like, what what's your favorite show right now? You're watching Yellowstone would be the one. Is yeah. that a Netflix? Or? You never heard of Yellowstone? It's no, very very popular right did now. Did you did you watch Sons of Anarchy, Trevor? I did not, but I know it obviously. Yeah. Well, this is just Sons of Anarchy, just in the West with Kevin Costner in it. Okay, I could I could go. You know, the one thing about Sunset Manicard that I just couldn't get into was I just didn't. The lead character is like a pretty boy to be a hell's angel guy to me. Jax Teller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you get past that. I mean, it was uh, like Suns died off the last three seasons, but I'd say the first three, maybe three and a half seasons were just awesome. Well, FX was on fire back in that day, weren't they? They, they, they were just rolling out shows. They were yeah. Justified out. came out like a couple years after Suns. The right? Shield. were back to back for a while. And that was you, had, you had Rescue Me, The Shield, Nip Tuck. Uh, I mean, even even it's Always Sunny, if you want to look at that way. Yeah. yeah. yeah um, the, the best show on television right now, though, Survivor. Great episode last wow. night. Excellent episode. Just, I, I will say, though, they are really making the... Uh, they're really, they're, they're doing a lot. They're doing a lot. But I did talk to Will Levis about Survivor the other day. He was always kind of a fan, but he became an even bigger fan when his roommate at Penn State's parents were both on the show. Uh, do you remember Brad Culpepper from the Bucks, Trevor? I did, yeah. Yeah, he was on He was on Gruden's Super Bowl team, I think. Defensive tackle, I think, right? Yeah, that sounds right. I just remember that name from Madden. Yeah, yeah, he, he was either defensive tackle or uh, an offensive tackle. But, defensive tackle, I think. That's yeah. yeah. So Culpepper, his, him and his wife were both on Survivor. Son played at Penn State, and he also I didn't realize this too, because the name was familiar. Rex Culpepper was a quarterback at Syracuse. Syracuse I don't, yeah, yeah. Who uh, that one I don't remember. He threw some touchdowns to Taj Harris, but. He was the one who got cancer and actually beat oh. it and came back and played in a game for Syracuse last year. So, uh, man, small world. Small world how all that stuff sort of works. But Will Levis, big Survivor fan. Uh, so, hey, we'll probably get him on the show at some point and talk a little bit. And none of these people are related to Dante, right? No, no, not at all. Just making sure. Yeah. Uh, another texture on the Thorn Sex line says, I don't know if Trevor has watched it. Oh, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. Oh, we got a repeat. Got the did the repeat. The plastic mini NFL helmets that you got out of the quarter machines at Kmart were awesome childhood memories. Thanks for reminding me of those. You're welcome. I, I mean, those they were awesome. I think later on you could buy like the actual like the helmet that was already put together, the, the big goofy ones with the face mask and the stick. Oh man, those are great. I think I had a Raiders on one of these. They were they were they were they were corny and cheesy looking in, in hindsight, but man, they were awesome at the time. They were they were cool. I uh also really enjoyed the um oh no it's escaping me now no i had oh the baseball helmets that you get when you get like ice cream oh come on i mean, I mean I, you could put the worst tasting vanilla ice cream in a baseball helmet it would be awesome how can we can we get like how is that not let's get football helmets at kroger field that would be a great out. idea 
I mean, yeah. why, why haven't? Because you can still do the baseball helmets at stadiums. I'm pretty sure. I think that's just like a, yeah, they they still have those at the Reds. Yeah. They do uh, nachos, and they'll get like a big helmet. Yeah, but like. You think about the money you make just having the plastic helmet because the ice cream costs nothing and you can upcharge oh, yeah. it so much. So I mean, that's a, instead that, of beer sales, they're going to do ice cream helmet sales at Kroger Field. It's a slightly genius idea, Nick. Congre- I mean, I don't know why we, yeah, that just giving them money, just yeah, giving them money. Uh, hey, fellas, Brad from Bellbrook here with Stevie Johnson coming back to Kentucky this weekend. Do you think there's any chance he performs his pregame rap before the game? Watch on YouTube for every game, and I think it would be fitting for him to go up there and do it, really hype them up. I, I, I don't know about that. Did he – I don't remember the Stevie Johnson rap like it. I remember the Marcus McClinton song, but I don't remember the Stevie Johnson rap. I, th- I think he dabbled when he was in the NFL. Oh, okay. Three consecutive 1,000-yard seasons with the uh, Bills. Bills. People forget that. He had a nice little run with Buffalo. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Went, went, and went out to San Diego to finish his career. Shout-out to Avery Williamson getting a new job in Denver. Uh, I have a feeling he'll be on the active roster in no time because he's, you know, he's still got a lot of life left in those legs. So uh, go give him hell, Avery. Go give him hell. Do we have any sign ideas for SEC Nation, Nick? Um, Mark Stoops drinks skim milk. I saw that. Because <laughs> he does. Mark Stoops get a tan. Um, Ed Orgeron is Gene Chizik. Oh, man. That the SEC network might take offense too, because Gene, he's he's all over the network. And we're drawing no, so he's good on SEC. No offense, Gene. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like a real nice guy. Coach O sounds like he smokes a pack a day. I don't know if you can get that on TV anymore with cigarette references. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. Uh, we'll workshop that. We'll workshop that. I uh, didn't tune in at the beginning. One texture says for Throwback Thursday, but did Trevor call in three minutes after the show started? <laughs> Funny, but no, I was a. I was slightly, I mean, I mean, slightly late yesterday, but I was on time today. On time. Will this Saturday be Daryl Rosenthal's legacy game? I don't know how you can do that for a left tackle, but he kind of, you know, he downplayed it naturally. If, if you were going to run the old tackle pass this week, oh man, to dare to get a That'd touchdown, this would be the week. That would be because with some their unbalanced formations, there are times when they could get that uh, tackle eligible. Just Man, saying. would love to see it. Would love to see it. I think he's getting all off to him at the goal line, like the bridge. Nah. Oh, nah. tackle jet sweep. Yeah. <laughs> tackle jet sweep. <laughs> oh, a lot of players went down for UK, yes, but how many were not the, hey, we need a blow. Let me lay down here with the cramp type thing. I'm not hating, but we do hide it better than most. Listen, man, people get upset about that, but that's just strategy to me. Like, the yeah. offense has everything. Tailored to them, so if the defense wants to fall down, yeah, go for love it. the faking injury. Valentine play. sells the ever living, you know what, out of it when he goes down. But I don't I, like I, I don't, I don't fault defensive personnel and coordinators for doing that. I'm tired. Let me just lay here for a minute. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, they get they get penalties if it's like if the referees feel it's fake though, don't they? Adam, don't they? they like a, they never seen one. Rule. I've never seen one, but like oh. you can't. That's like, how does the ref supposed to know? That's what I'm saying. I mean, it's 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 tougher probably to call even than a flopper a flop in the NBA, especially but. with like cramps and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, you you can't really you can't really spot the fake there. But John here, good morning to all. You know, in January I will turn 36, so I've been watching sports and a fan 
the team's a lifer over 24 years. So tell me, do you have a childhood favorite player or one of your childhood favorite teams? Mine would be Paul O'Neill, right fielder for the Yankees. He was a true all-around good player, and he was a true leader and legend. Got to go. Talk to you later. I'll Take some Prince guy. Uh, John, I'll throw this one at you. When I when I stayed in Dublin, one of my best friend, one of my best friends up there, introduced me to a guy who was Paul O'Neill's nephew, and I got to meet. Ooh. Paul. You got yeah. to meet Paul O'Neill. Wow. Yeah, yeah. he was a he was a lot nicer than his nephew. His nephew was a fool. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, if I had to say that, I would say probably if not Charles Barkley, Randall Cunningham. I think Luckett's favorite player was Achilles Smith. No, no. Icky Woods, right? Joe Burrow, baby, bring us back. Remember, remember Harold Green. Remember that one. Chase, two thousand yard receiver coming. It's coming. It's coming. Another text on Thornton's text on says, "Trevor, let's throw some coin on cats and cards." Oh man, they really. Now you talking about the cats and cards versus each other, or this weekend taking them each individually? I think he wants Kentucky to beat Louisville. Oh well, he can want one hand and wish and bleep in the other and see who fills up first. Hey, like the Step Brothers, I know about the fart. I have no idea what they're referring to. Talking about the one, the, the us I know, the, I know the movie scene, but I don't know what they're referring to on he's, the show. He's referring to us go us as, as a group of KRC going to apply for the the beat writer job. Oh. Brothers, I'm, <laughs> I'm the one that lets the fart. <laughs> <laughs> then Nick will be the one go. I taste onions. Oh, okay. That, all right, that is good. That is good. We got you. We're on the same page now. Texture. Well done. Well done. Uh, a crow sandwich with ketchup. That's good old money bags, Kelsey. I mean, it's, I probably wouldn't with ketchup on maybe barbecue sauce, actually. Uh, but I'm a crow. I'm going to do that. It tastes like good chicken. Another texter says the real big blue is back, ranked number nine. Go Wolverines. Wow. Michigan fan back finally <laughs> after years of desperate, embarrassing just things all the time. Got Frost a live dog this week, Nick? Oh. Uh? Uh, maybe Michigan is Michigan already accepting Harbaugh back again. Oh yeah, just be, winning once is an underdog. That's all he needed. Khaki sales are through the roof. Well, that's my house and everything. Betting Luckett's locks of the week, but at least we're five and zero. Oh. <laughs> Adam Luckett can Fair suck trade. it. Adam Luckett can suck it. Well, Luckett, I appreciate you hanging out with us for two hours today. We're gonna have you mo- back on tomorrow for some yeah. more. In the second hour to get your great picks, the just can't un, un, unbeatable picks. Am I representing uh, TJ in the picks this week? I guess. I guess you know maybe we'll get Scooter Dingus to get off the golf course for five minutes to give some picks. We're gonna talk more college football. Get you ready for the Cats and the Tigers. This has been Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. We'll see you tomorrow for more. That's all, folks. Oh, God.